Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh my goodness. Thank you guys so much for joining us and spending some time with us this Christmas Eve. Um, welcome to Crossroads. My name is Dion. Um, I am very thrilled to, to see all of you. I see some folks that I haven't seen in a very long time, and so this is just absolutely wonderful. Um, we just want to, um, as we start our evening tonight, first of all, thank you to our worship team um, for leading us in some traditional Christmas songs. It's always a great way to get the night started. And also just to kind of introduce you and even just help maybe even remind for some of us some of the things that we get to do as a church that is entirely devoted to serving you, your family, and our community. And so first of all, we just want to um, thank all of you for all of the participation that everybody has done over this last holiday season just in the effort of bringing some joy to families through holiday food baskets. Um, we just did Thanksgiving and Christmas, so well over 200 families were served holiday meal um, this last season, as well as a Kids Christmas uh, program and Samaritan's Purse and Angel Tree Prison Ministry Outreach. Um, several kids got Christmas gifts from family members who are incarcerated. And this is just kind of some of the ways that we get to give back and show God's love um, to our community and to our families. And so we just want to thank you for all of that and, and just let you know that this is, this is kind of the heartbeat of Crossroads. Um, would you please join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, there is just no way to express the thanks that we have that we get to be here right now because of the gift that we are celebrating tonight in your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for making a way for us, for loving us enough to do this. Um, thank you that you will teach us something new. Um, as we get ready for Christmas, and we're busy, and we might be a little bit frazzled, that we would just kind of settle in and be able to just absorb what we're hearing tonight. And again, we just thank you for everything, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Whoa, thank, thanks, Dion. I always sneak up there when she's in the prayer. I, I feel like a stalker. Uh, we'll let that go. Uh, my name is Bill. For those of you who don't know me, uh, we are here to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, Christmas. You know, for myself at Crossroads, uh, we do wish you a Merry Christmas. We thank you for coming. Uh, it's, the, it's a busy season. Thank you for taking the time. We celebrate a very simple, simple truth. For God so loved the world, he sent his son to save us, not to judge us, to set a standard, to invite us into a personal long-term relationship with him. You know, that we're told that the sign that will be given, uh, we'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, and he'll be lying in a manger. This is uh, an incredible truth about a powerful God who comes to us uh, not thundering, he comes to us humbly. This statement that is the bottom of it, I, it comes out of a book called My Utmost for His Highest. Uh, I've read it for over 30-some years, and I still have question marks where I'm, I'm learning about God's plan. Uh, Oswald Chambers uh, unpacks things that are spiritual truths that are impactful every year as I go through it. But this statement, as he describes Jesus Christ, who is our focus tonight, uh, God coming into human flesh from outside of it. His life is the highest and the holiest, entering through the most humble of doors. Our Lord's birth was an advent, the appearance of God in human form. You know, so often we, we, we say Jesus, we, we say we follow Jesus, we, we say we know Jesus, but what 
the big goal is that what I'm trying to bring across and reminding myself in each of these is who he actually is. Who is this Jesus that changed the world? Who is this Jesus that came from another domain uh, to first create the world and then to inhabit the world and then to give us a path that we might not only know God, but we might spend eternity with him. Uh, the sign is, is, the, is the indication of the humility. You know, this is a, a truth that we're involved with. Uh, we have a, a promise from him that uh, there's a plan put in place for each of us. This plan is that the fullness of time, God sends his son at the right time, at a specific time. We live in, in, in 2021, sneaking up on 2022. And often we look at the world and, and if you're brave enough, have enough courage and endurance to listen to the current news that's going on around our country, we, look, we do see chaos. We do see things that are going on. We're in the COVID evolutions taking place. We're looking at the things that are taking place around us and the world can appear to be out of control. It's not. A perfect plan, an absolutely perfect plan is working itself out that is so marvelous and so wonderful until we see it, until we get a, that moment when we perfectly know, as we've been perfectly know, then we will see the beauty of the plan. But 2,000 years ago, at just the right time, God sent Jesus, born of a woman, under the law, to redeem those under the law. Why? This is the most amazing thing. God wants to adopt me. He wants to adopt you. He wants to adopt sinners into his family. He wants to transform us. He wants to change our life in this earth, our relationships on this earth. He, he wants to do a work inside of our hearts and our lives that'll permeate out and, 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 and come out all the way around us in all of our relationships. And in this, in this, this relationship with our Heavenly Father, it's not an arm's distance. It's a personal, intimate relationship. The verse says that we get to call God Abba Father, which is this tender, intimate relationship with God. The, the, uh, the God of all power, the God of all wisdom, the God that exalt, is exalted above all that is there. We get to be in a family where he's, he's, our, he's our Abba Father at that time. This God's love for us has been demonstrated. This is not a personal opinion. This is just not a statement. This is a historical fact. Uh, God sends his son into this world, proving his love to us. This is uh, eyewitness accounts, historical uh, Jewish accounts, secular accounts, Roman accounts, and obviously the Jewish uh, statements are put out in the witnesses that died to their testimony. Christ came into this world. He so loved that he gave it not, not to judge, but to keep us from perishing. Because you see... One of the things that we, we push away is that the fact is that without Christ, we're all perishing. There, there's only one way to remove sin, and that's through Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. So today as we talk about Christ and, and the work he did for us, we're, we're talking about a reality that we need to understand, that, that we need to make part of our lives. Uh, this is part of the, for me, the excitement of Christmas, because I get up to talk about Jesus. And no one's surprised, no one's offended. 
uh, we're talking about Christ. You, you can't cancel me. Well, you could get up and leave. So, uh, but take a cookie if you go. Thank you for being here. Uh, I love the excitement. There's just something different in the air. We remind ourselves uh, of the physical, historical evidence for Jesus Christ. We build our lives on it. It's, it, it's, it's a solid, intellectual, uh, rational foundation that we stand and that we're part of. There's an energy there, too, uh, because we're moving into Christmas. We have this service at 4.30 because everyone wants to get with the Christmas thing. Uh, we want to cook meals. We want to wrap presents. We want to get home. We want to be organized. We want to have all that going on for us. There's an excitement to do that. Some of you are saying, the kids, come on, get it over. Let's, I want to get to the, the meal so I can open my presents tonight or tomorrow morning. I don't know what your tradition is. Mine was always in the morning. Like, uh, I grew up in uh, San Diego, lived in a town, my, kind of a duplex with my grandparents until, the, until I was 11 years old. And they had the tree. And they closed the door between their place and our place. We were connected. And uh, big, beautiful house over there and with windows. And we were in the two-bedroom that they'd been in for a while. But anyway, we went in there and a tree was full of Christmas presents. And my name was on them. Of course, I'd shaken them all and pretty well. But new ones appeared during the night, you know, miraculously, that were there. There was an excitement. So it was an excitement for Christmas. But I'm going to, uh, I want to talk about another kind of excitement that, that I personally have in my heart and, and members of Crossroads have in their heart. It's, a, it's an excitement and a hope, a dream and a prayer that perhaps tonight, someone might hear something about Jesus Christ that will draw them. Because Jesus Christ changes lives. He transforms marriages. He transforms mine. He breaks addictions. He broke mine. This, this is what he does. So we have an excitement that uh, there's people here. We call it guest in the house. And it's the biggest honor anyone can do for us to, to stop in. Maybe you drove by and uh, saw the sign. Maybe someone invited you. Uh, we encourage that each year to invite people to come to this. Maybe it's a family tradition. This is the only time you come to church during the year. Whatever it is, we're just glad you're here. Because we're going to present Jesus Christ. We're going to present him in his love, his power, uh, and his plan. So that's really where we're, where we're going tonight. That's, that's the hope that we have in front of us. You know, this, this thing that we're talking about, not only was it... Uh, perfect time when Jesus came. We think of back then in the day, they didn't have problems, they didn't have anything. I say this all the time because Jesus came at a very dark spiritual time. He came at a time when the Jewish leadership and the Jewish religious system had turned from the love of God into the law of God. They put themselves under bondage. They'd, they'd forgotten how much God loved them, how he'd delivered them from so many different difficult situations. They'd forgotten the words of the prophets. Jesus said it clearly that in that time when he came, the, the people honored God with their lips, but their hearts were far from him. It was a very dark time. They were in bondage. They were, uh, there was immorality running throughout their culture at that time when he came. Uh, it was just a form of godliness that had taken place there. And, and God sends his son into this environment. When, when, he, when he came, the people were busy. Things were going on. It is just like today. Um, the truth is most people in 2021 
Uh, it's easy in the rush to get ready, the excitement, and all that to forget the reason for the season. We, we use that phrase, the reason for the season. And, and I'm here to proclaim and, and to encourage, and many of you came in with just that exact same hope that we could stop, push pause, and just remember what Jesus has done for us. Uh, this, this love is, is too often hidden from way too many people. You know, and, and the story's really simple. It, it really is. And so I'm, I'm going to call in the big guns, and uh, we're going to let Linus tell you what it's all about. Uh, we're going to show you a short clip that'll give you the story that I think is in, has been endeared in the hearts of our country. Let's watch Linus. Yes, you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Any questions? <laughs> One of the things that we have... Uh, Worth remembering, uh, the Charlie Brown special was actually put out by Charles Sulz, the committed Christian. And in 1963, it was ready to, to, to go. It was already produced at that particular time, and uh, he was trying to sell it to the networks at that time. And they said, we love it. It's the best. Take the Jesus out. Take what we just watched out, and we'll put it on the air. This was 1963. Jesus was already being canceled. It took two years till someone actually got brave enough to put it on, uh, actually desperate enough to put it on CBS, put it on as a, just a, a, a filler. And of course, it's become the most popular Christmas show since then. And so Linus has been explaining Jesus to millions of people uh, over the time since 1965 when it came out. The story is about God taking action into our world. He sends his son, Jesus Christ. He, he sends it in the simplest way. He sends a savior. We, we need someone to save us. This is one of the, in this ultimate uh, era of high esteem, a high self-actualization. I got it all going on. Uh, culture where we admit no weaknesses. We need a savior. 
We need a Savior to save us from our sins. We need a Christ, this Jewish Messiah that fulfilled hundreds of prophecies that gives us certainty that the Bible is the inspired Word of God that we can build our lives on. Supernatural voice speaking into our world, giving us proof beyond proof that there is a supernatural God removed from this timeline. He comes as the Lord. Now, this is, this is where we get pushback. The Lord is a simple phrase. We use it all the time. But the Lord means he is the supreme ruler of all. Nothing happens without him saying, this, do this. There's, he either ordains or allows every event that takes place. He is the sovereign Lord. The sovereign Lord comes to the earth, and, and he comes not through the highest door. He comes through the lowest door. He comes to a place where the story is simple, where, where they go and say, oh, by the way, you'll, you'll see him. He'll be in a manger in swaddling clothes. He, th this is, can you imagine the angels? There's a passage in the Bible that says, angels long to look at God's plan. I, I know angels would never say this, but if I was an angel, I would say, what is God thinking? <laughs> this is the most foolish thing I've ever seen. Because Jesus Christ, these angels weren't unacquainted with Jesus Christ. They had, he created them. He created all the spiritual beings. Jesus Christ was not an unknown factor to them. They had worshipped him in heaven. And now he comes to earth and he didn't come to a king's palace. He didn't come to a rich man's place. He didn't come to safety and security. The angels had to be saying, God, did I get the message wrong? Sends the, sends the shepherds to go look for Jesus Christ. Don't miss the point. Into a world, God sends his love into a world where he had been rejected by the Jewish people. He had been rejected by the religious people of the era that he had spent so much time revealing himself to him. Uh, there was selfishness. There was pride. Uh, it ruled the hearts of the people. And, and into a lowly stable is where the birth announcement, that's where the angels are sent. Go look for a baby in a manger and worship him. And he says, this will be a sign. He'll be wrapped in swaddling clothes. Again, this is this in incredible statement that the highest in human flesh is coming into uh, a stable. Now, uh, highest and the holiest uh, comes into this place, not a palace, not into a place of kings, but he comes to a place which is the lowliest. Jesus was born into humble humanity, into an underprivileged life with, a, with really with a teenage mother that had a pregnancy problem because she wasn't married when she became pregnant. Uh, and a stepfather who, who was actually a carpenter, a working guy, married nine months pregnant, and Joseph traveled five to six days from their home on a donkey with no place to shower, no place to take uh, comfort, sleeping out in the fields, nine months pregnant, her first baby, clueless as to what's going on, no family members traveling with her. And she's a peasant. And, and she goes there, tired, dirty, no room at the inn. So they, they end up, we know the story of a stable, the highest and the holiest, the Savior, the Messiah, uh, the Lord of all, born into a barn full of animals. Not only their donkey was in there, but the inn was there and all the donkeys were there. There were multiple travelers there. Plus there would have been uh, livestock, cattle, sheep, and all of these things in there. And all things that livestock produce. I don't think I need to go into detail here. Uh, 
this was the reality that the Son of God was born into. And also, the angels go and they, they, they go there and they worship. The, the shepherds worship this, this Prince of Peace, this Savior, this Christ that was promised, the ruler was there. No, can't be. God was making a point. He's always making a point. Humility wins. Pride, arrogance loses. God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. We live in an age where that message needs to be repeated of self-esteem and self-actualization and self-realization and all the lies that are pumped into our kids and, and all the psycho babble that, that flows throughout our culture. We need to remember the message. It's glory to God, the humble, into the humble, into this was born David, son, a savior, Messiah and Lord. He's part of a perfect plan. And even in 2021 right now, by the way, each person here, you're part of a plan. God's got a plan for each and every person, whether we choose to accept it or not. Most people reject it today, overwhelmingly reject it. You know, in everything that's taking place, just as Jesus was born into a time of immorality, so are we. Government dysfunction back then, we have government dysfunction. In a time of wars and rumors of wars back then, we have wars and rumors of wars. We live in a dangerous neighborhood that's here. We can look for multiple places in and around right now where, where we're in danger. We'll talk more about this on Sunday as we look at the prophecy. Uh, we're bombarded with threats of climate change, natural disasters, droughts, uh, hurricanes, and of course earthquakes that take place. You know, but to those who are willing to worship Christ, to trust Christ as the Son of God, we can have hope. And so today we're, we're focusing on Christ. We want to remind ourselves who Jesus Christ really is. And, and, and first off, I want to push back on some of the, the thoughts and ideas uh, inside of our culture today because we've forgotten who Jesus is. I, by the way, I'm not saying we. I'm saying we. There are times when uh, I need to be reminded how big, how powerful, and how wonderful he is. One of the things that so many people believe is that Jesus changed. He started his life. He started his life when he came to earth. 33% of people who claim to be biblical Christians believe that Jesus first existed when he was born. That was where he began. 46% uh, believe that he sinned when he was here on earth. Uh, multiple people believed uh, during that time that there's multiple paths. Uh, we're told to preach the word, uh, to be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. What you see is just a chart, and this is, this is something that uh, challenges me, should challenge you. Uh, over the years that we've tracked statistics, it's slowly but surely digressed to where we have very few people in the United States today who understand biblical Christianity. That's the reason for this message tonight. This isn't fluff and flurry. This isn't going to be angel dust and feel-good stuff. It's feel-good if you know the truth. And so that's what we're presenting. Uh, don't, don't forget to see that we do have a, a spiritual enemies inside of this world that's working to keep us from believing. Uh, how do I know that people have sometimes a false Jesus? I know that because I did. For 33 years of my life, and I think many people here uh, can relate to this, because until we know Jesus and, and we really study and learn, we don't know. Uh, 
I had an undersized Jesus. I had shrink-wrapped my Jesus so he could fit in comfortably into my life. He was a designer Jesus. I do this often here and offend as many people as possible. This was my Jesus. I had control over my Jesus. When I wanted to put my Jesus away where he couldn't see me, I just turned his head and I just went out and did what I wanted to do. Because my Jesus knew that I was the coolest guy going on. So he would forgive me no matter what I did. I was so good that he loved me so much, he would never send me to hell. And it's true, he wouldn't. I would go there, but he was just my Jesus. And, and that's the culture that we have today. So many people proclaim Christ, and whatever their spiritual background is, they have their personal Jesus. Tonight, we're talking about the real Jesus. And, and so, so get ready and, and buckle up just a little bit here. Uh, we're trying to get rid of the false, undersized, underpowered uh, Jesus who is removed from everything that's going on in our life. We only call on him, like I did, get me out of this and I'll serve you forever. So the real Jesus, uh, the real Jesus is fully God. Let's start with the basics. Jesus Christ, when he, before time, before any creation here, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He's the duplicate of the invisible God. He came to earth so we could see God, the firstborn of all creation. And through him, everything was created in heaven and earth. Visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, all things were created through Jesus Christ. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. This is Jesus Christ. This is Jesus Christ that was born as a baby 2,000 years ago. This is the real Jesus Christ, immutable. He doesn't change. He's just. He demands justice. He's all-powerful, uh, always present, holy, without fault, perfect love, joy, peace, self-existent wisdom, truth. There is no end to anything and everything that he does. This is Jesus Christ that was a babe in a manger. He is the one that is coming back soon, and he's the one that's here, oh, by the way, right now. He's fully present, because that's who he is. He is always present. He is all-knowing, and he searches every heart. He says, I, the Lord, I search the heart. I test the mind. That's what he does. This is Jesus yesterday, today, and forever. But also, Jesus was at the creation you know, we, we, we see him come into his creation, but we sometimes forget that he spoke a word when there was, we live in a physical creation. This is the reality that we know. But you see, he came from another reality, a spiritual reality. He stood at the edge of his reality and spoke. And the reality that we know was created. In the beginning was the Word, the Logos of God, the wisdom of God, Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word got, was God. And nothing came into, a be, into, into creation at all unless he did it. This is Jesus. This is the Jesus that we talk about. Uh, he is, he is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving. He's the real, immutable Jesus that will not change. He entered into his creation, into a creation that rejected him. To those who he was sent to, to, to talk to, they rejected him. 
He's the real Jesus. His life here on earth, he did God work. You know, he, he moved among us uh, and all of these things. He did all of the things that were there. He was at the beginning and he came to his own and they rejected him. Very important phrase in there that, that those who accepted him, he accepted. That was the criteria. He presents himself to them at that time. So how does, how does that go? How does that work? In the beginning was the word. Well, the real Jesus is life here on earth. What was that about? How did, how did that take place? Very simple. Like, this is, I think, the most powerful verse in the Bible. Uh, it's, it's the answer to relationships uh, between people. It's the answer to the relationship with God. It's the secret to understanding Jesus Christ and his mission to this earth. It, it, it starts with something that tells us to have this mind in us that was in Christ Jesus. Although he existed in the form of God, he didn't consider equality with God as something to be grasped, but he emptied himself. We're going to take this verse and kind of uh, pick our way through it. Uh, let's look at this first part that, that he emptied himself. Uh, at the moment of conception, the Holy Spirit enters in to Mary. And, and we have a baby. Isn't that cute? He didn't consider equality with God. He had all the powers that we talked about earlier, speaking worlds into existence, full knowledge, full ability, total safety, everything, worship, praise, everything coming at him. He set it all aside. And he came and was born as a baby, helpless infant. You know, all the indignities of growing up. He had to have his swaddling deities changed by other people. He lived among people with death, disease, rejection. Born without power, had to be fed, swaddling diapers changed. All of these things had to be done to him. He, he was a baby. I mean, if, you, if you hold a baby, I, I love babies. As long as they're someone else's. I, but I love babies. I'm a baby guy. Because uh, I, I, I look at them and I, I, I always grab my kids and my grandkids and put their hand next to mine and they go like this and I go, Look at that. They can do that. But by the way, this is, this is, that's a, now that's a handsome baby. Let me pose. Did you get the resemblance? Well, maybe not. Okay. Uh, a few, okay, some things are missing. Uh, but I'm, I'm just going to say, I would not go back to being a baby even knowing what I know now, the indignities, the helplessness, the, the, the putting yourself under subjection, the learning, the growing up, puberty, are you kidding me? Uh, relationships, I would not, even knowing what I know now, I caused so much damage and I could go back and, and, and preach Christ from the beginning and I would love to do that. But I'm not interested in going back. I don't want to because I, I, that gives up, that, that would give up, I, I just am not mature enough. I, I honestly, I'm looking the other way. I am so eager to see Christ face to face, to see the one that died for me. So this this giving up, 
Uh, this is the highest and the holiest enters through the lowest door. He became, and I get, don't miss this, he didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant. This word is bond servant. It means willing slave. Christ came as a slave to me and to you by the way he lived and by the way he conducted his life. This is Jesus. No, he gave it all up to come back, to live his life. He entered uh, a spiritual war. When he was born, the spiritual forces of evil, the forces of God were fighting in a real battle. It's unseen, but the results are not. We see the battle between good and evil in our world today. We, we see rape. We see persecution. We see murder. We see prejudice. We see foolishness of all kinds, sexual immorality that you can't even believe uh, Every, this is taking place, and Jesus walked into that. He's born, he grows up at age 30. He starts at the age 30, he became a priest. That's when the age 30 is when a priest or a rabbi could start their ministry. So he starts reaching out. He's baptized by John the Baptist, and he receives the power of the Holy Spirit inside of his life. Uh, healings, raising the dead, touching and curing lepers, blind eyes see, deaf hear, the lame walk, demons cast out. And demons, by the way, knew exactly who he was. There may have been some confusion among the religious leaders of the time, but there was no confusion in the demons. They knew who, just as the angels knew, the demons knew who he was and called him out on many occasions. He proved to the world then and now that he was the son of God by what he did. And then the Son of God proved himself to be God, gathered a group, showed his love, showed his wisdom, and, and his compassion on other people. And then the unthinkable, the ultimate proof that God loves us. Jesus becomes the Savior of the world, not through a word, but through his death. This is a, a, a picture, and there's... A, there's the, the reality of, and being found in human form, he humbled himself to be obedient, obedient to the point of death. This was not a surprise. This was not a surprise to God. This was not a surprise to Jesus. This was not a surprise to the Holy Spirit. Before the foundation of the world, we're told in the book of Revelation, that Jesus stands in heaven today as a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. The world he spoke into existence, he knew this was his reality. He knew this is where he was going. This is his destiny to be able to save sinners like me. This is the real Jesus. And, and why do we need a Savior? Because we're dead without him. We're dead spiritually. We're separated from God. So many people uh, have this, this arrogant idea that, that God just overlooks sin. He can't. If, if one sinner here gets into heaven without coming through Christ and having their sins removed, by the way, they're not just removed, they're paid for. Every stinking thing I ever did, Christ paid for. Everything you did, he knew and knows, and he paid for. They're not canceled, they're fulfilled in Jesus Christ. We were dead in our trespasses, the uncircumcision, our flesh, our foolishness. We were made alive with him when our, when our trespasses were forgiven. How were they forgiven? They were nailed to his cross. This is where it gets mind-boggling. I, I have no doubt in my mind, and I encourage everyone to think of this truth, 
The, the Bible says that my sins and yours individually were nailed to the cross. He knew every one of them, past, present, and future. And he paid for each and every one of them. Whether we accept it or not, I think one of the biggest pains of hell is going to realize that God loves us even in hell, and he paid for all of our sins were only there because we rejected the real Jesus Christ. He paid for each and every sin. The record of debt was canceled. It was set aside on the cross. When Jesus died, he used a special word. He said, it is finished. The word is telestai, which means paid in full. He paid in full for the sins of the world. The last one, uh, for our sake, God made Jesus Christ to be sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The picture is, is, is painfully clear. He takes my sin and puts them on Jesus. He takes your sins and puts them on Jesus. But he takes Christ's righteousness, his goodness, his character and nature through the Spirit, and he puts it on us. This is the great exchange. This is, this is the real Jesus and, and what he came to do. And this death that he suffered was not beautiful. It was not an instantaneous death. The death on the cross is the most humiliating death. And again, a message from God. The most humiliating death. He, Jesus was convicted, beaten with fists, crown of thorns forced onto his head. He was whipped uh, with a whip with lead tips so much that it had bared his back. And you could see the bones in his back and he was bleeding profusely uh, after the beating that they gave him. Forced to carry his own cross that he would die on. It, stripped naked in front of his followers, in front of his mother, in front of women, and in front of the religious leaders who were going around mocking him, nailed to a cross, being mocked. He could have appealed to his father and brought thousands of angels. Don't you wish? Don't you wish? No, actually we don't. He couldn't have accomplished his mission. He could have done that. He could have called out with a word, uh, the reality that we live in would have ceased to exist. Even though he committed no sin, there was no deceit in his mouth. He, he was reviled, cursed, and he bore our sins upon the cross. By his wounds, by the way, those, that death, is that's how we're healed from our sins. You know, this is the real Jesus Christ that there. Jesus came to die, and Jesus did not stay in the tomb. Jesus, three days later, rose from the tomb. His father raised him from the tomb, and he is Lord of all. And we're told that he is highly exalted. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Whether we stand in front of him as his servant and we hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. Or we stand before him with our false religion and all the things that we do and our false Jesuses, and he says, Depart from me. I never knew you. We're all going to stand before him. We all have this opportunity to see Jesus face to face. Make no mistake, when Jesus is on the throne, he rules and reigns. Uh, every tongue will confess. And, and be sure of this. He's coming back. He's not coming back as a servant this time. 
He's coming back as the Lord of lords, the King of kings, the master of all power and, and all things that are there when he comes. The highest and the holiest will enter in again, but to the most exalted of doors. Our Lord will return at just the right time in God's plan in this creation, and we will all see it and respond to it, whether in fear or whether in awe and love. That is our choice. That's the real Jesus that's coming back. We, we need to remember that as we do that. What's the application? Do we have the real Jesus? Is the Jesus we pray to the real Jesus? Is it, or do we have a custom Jesus, a personal Jesus? Do we? Because I did. Most people in our culture, I can, I can give you statistic after statistic until people will boo me, but I can prove it. Uh, when Christ came, he sent his son born under the law to redeem. It's just the right time. God does love. But God also sends Jesus Christ as the path to him. And, and, and that's what's in front of us. You know, it's, it's be ready for the return of Christ, whether we go to him or he comes to us. You know, and, and, and it's a simple, simple, simple offer. As Christ died for us, he asked us out of love for him to die for him. The verses that define biblical Christianity is that we've been crucified with Christ. You know, we, we as a church, by the way, I've probably offended a few already, we preach Christ crucified. We preach the cross because it's the only path to righteousness. It's the only hope we have. It's, it's just not Christ's cross. Everyone wants cheap grace, easy believers. We want Christ with no cost to us. That's not the way it works in anything. We, if we want Christ, we've got to be crucified with Christ. If it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Christ wants to come and live in us and through us. What? You see, the real Jesus has a plan for our lives. And it can only start inside of our lives when we lay our life down and take his life inside of us. You know, he tells his disciples clearly, if you want to follow me, and come after me, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. He's not, and he's not talking rhetorical, throwing around words. They knew what a cross was, and we do too. Lay down our life out of love for him. How can we not love him and follow him? If we lose his life, our, our life for his sake, we'll win it. My utmost for his highest, Oswald Chambers again. Just as our Lord, our Lord came into human history from outside he must also come into me from the outside. Have I allowed my personal human life to become the Bethlehem of the Son of God? Has he been born in our heart? That's the simple request. That's why Christ came. I, I encourage you as you, we live this week out, this day out, this month out, this year out, uh, get to know this Jesus. I've, I've been at this for a week or two in my walk with Christ and, and it just gets better all the time. I get to know him better. He reveals himself. He teaches. He encourages. I encourage people, by the way, to read a book by E.W. Tozer called The Radical Cross. It's a life-transforming book. Those who have read it, it changes lives. We actually have some free copies back on the counter. We've been giving them out. And we, we keep ordering them. Amazon loves us. Uh, <laughs> To get him here, if you haven't read it, I encourage you to do it. If you read it, uh, if you get questions, come back. 
You have to sacrifice our self-esteem uh, for Christ's esteem, our self-actualization for Christ's actualization. Uh, I invite you to a, what I consider a fun period, Sunday. Uh, we're going to talk about prophecy. We've got a pig pen coming out of them again. Things are about to get messy in this world. Just a little bit messy with the way we're going, the things that are happening, the prophecies that are being totally fulfilled around us. The time, at just the right time, God is giving us the markers when he's going to come back again. Uh, you, we know how to interpret the weather. When there's clouds on the mountains, you're going to have wind. Yeah, got that. Uh, so know how to do that. Now, if you've got questions about this message or prophecy, text them in. We're going to spend time at the end of the service asking them. Uh, we're here to serve. And, and, and we just want to tell you about Christ and any way that we can help you. The series that we're going into, Relationship Rehab, we need to take Jesus Christ and the first part of that verse, have this attitude in you that was in Christ Jesus. Don't look out for your own personal interest, but the interest of others. That will solve relational problems. Um, join me in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you that, that out of your love, out of your bounty, out of your plan, you send Jesus Christ to this world. Not through the highest exalted door, but through the lowest door, Lord. To show your love, your care, your concern, but to show us your humility. You knock at the door of every heart, waiting for us to open it. You reveal yourself to people who reject you. Lord, thank you that you patiently walk with us in our failures. Thanks for each person here that you love, that Christ died for, that, that we all might come to know you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.